Well, thanks so much for joining the Tech for Business podcast today. Um, we have a lovely topic at hand. We're going to be talking about AI. Is it replacing workers? So first of all, I want to start with an icebreaker, and then we're going to get into some introductions. But I'm going to go around the room, and you guys be thinking about your favorite AI book or movie from past or maybe currently right now that's hot topic. But I'll start us off. I'm like old school Disney Pixar Wally is somewhat on the border of AI, which I love. Um, but I wanted to see then, Todd, what about you? Um, mine would be Skippy the Magnificent from the book Expeditionary Force. He's a total jerk, which makes a ton of sense if you know me. <laughs> we just found out <laughs> a lot about Todd. <laughs> And we're all going to have to Google it because none of a younger crowd on here knows what that is. But that's OK. We still we still love you, Todd. What about you, Kyle? I'm going to go with data from Star Trek Next Generation. I like that version. I was joking offline side before a little bit when we were talking about this was the best part. I forget which one of the major motion pictures when they had him in there. But him swearing when he got an emotional chip when they were going to crash, I think, was uh, quite humorous. So just for a little geek humor. So. Hearing a non-emotional uh, being get emotions and then swear when they're going to crash was pretty humorous. Awesome. Kelsey, what about you? Man, I went back and forth because I was with you. I saw Wally that, spoilers, we pulled up a list of AIs before this to go, how many are there? Um, that, yes, Wally's on my list, but I think Jarvis from Iron Man, which I get if you go down the canon, he's not technically an AI anymore. But if I could have a great British voice, narrate my day and do tests for me. I'm here for it, 100%. Great. And Ariel, how about you? Yeah, again, you said Wally. It was so good. Um, but I'm big into video games, so I really like Cortana from Halo, if anybody knows what that is. Yeah. I think she's awesome. A good one, too. <laughs> Tara's you, like, Tara? nope. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to Google. I mean, I've heard of it, but I haven't got into that one. Put it on my list of to-dos afterwards. Yes. Yeah. It's just, just like most things, Microsoft is 1.0, right? Now we're on the next iterations. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you guys all um, for sharing. Like I said, we're here. We're going to be talking about AI, but I did want to give the introduction. So you have Tara, Ariel, and Kelsey from the marketing team. So you've got three ladies on the call to help steer the ship with Todd, who is our chief operating officer and CISO, and then Kyle, our president and CEO. But as I mentioned, we're going to be talking AI. So I'm going to kick it off to Kyle to start. So let's talk a little bit about why is it so relevant? Well, I think it's kind of hard not to open up any news or, or any social media feed and not see something ai right now this is 2023 is definitely appears to be the year of ai it's uh it's perforating in the products and launches seem to be coming faster and faster and faster all the time um i think kelsey you posted on uh, our notes for this ahead of time what 200 already is that this week of ai platforms launched is that right I think we may have lost Kelsey yeah, on there. She, she, she froze. But yeah, she said it was for this last week alone. It was yeah. 200 AI tools were released. Yeah, that's, I mean, that just shows the 
the, the pace. And I, ironically, I was just reading uh, a news feed that came through there that Elon Musk was just was urging the labs to pause um, because of just concern of how quickly this is evolving to the point where he thought he's going to get out of control to the point of um, he's one that sounded the alarms on the potential risks of this becoming too smart, too fast. And, um, you know, evolving into something that could actually be, uh, you know, dangerous side of that. And he basically was uh, alluding to the uh, the chat GPT-4 and how efficient and how um, scary good, you know, I'll use that probably term. <laughs> it, it's getting side of that. He's basically, I think you got to pause there for right now. Um, and and not, not in these labs to kind of hold off. And he had kind of alluded to that. There is a lot in the labs that is even more and more powerful than what we've already seen so far, which is where I think a lot of the cause for just some concern and and um, regulatory. So it's it is that mix of of excitement and concern, you know, because it's very very powerful um, and it's very exciting to see how it can augment what we do every day in in a lot of tremendous ways. Um, Microsoft's Copilot product announcement coming out with going into their products to allow AI to help you write better emails and write better Word documents and help you in Excel and PowerPoint and all those other things to auto, you know augment your creative side of it is uh, you know I think a great example where you know I think it's very exciting on how much that can help productivity and help sides of things. I've used Grammarly you know to help correct and that was kind of you know, but this this puts that to shame is what it looks like to me. I mean, where it can actually just interject as you're writing in there is pretty exciting there. So I think that's um, that, that's all very exciting stuff. Um, Terry, I know there's uh, you showed us we went through the new uh, Adobe product um, with the AI and the creative side of it. I apologize. I forget the name of that. No, that's okay. It was Firefly that they had yeah. released just yeah. recently in their Adobe Summit. So really, really cool things to know. I know us on the marketing team are like, oh my gosh, this is the the best thing since sliced bread. So we're already like out there looking at it and just seeing what we can get incorporated with our marketing initiatives. Yeah, and I, I look at those, those products like Copilot and this Firefly side of those and you know, just kind of dive right into into the subject matter side of it, or it's on replacing the workers. It those are all very augmentative and you know, in gaining efficiencies with the with the with the workforce side of that. And I don't see that as replacement, but more augmentative. And if you look at taking a creative person, for example, in that Firefly, with what you demonstrate, and just being able to take your artistic abilities and and just put those into general language and 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 circumvent having to use the tools and figure out where to go into the different, you know, tools and knowing what, what, where to click and where those things happen. And instead being able to just to type or voice those in and just have it be created for you and be able to say, blend this and do those things. It doesn't replace the, the, the artistic eye and the creative nature. It makes it very powerful and augmentative. Um, and I think the same thing can be true of like the Microsoft Copilot pilot initiative and where that's very augmentative side of it is, you know what you're trying to get across. You just don't always have the right um, the right best way to put it into the best uh, communicative, 
language side of that or draw for the best way to do it. But it isn't taken away from the thought and the uh, and, and the goal that's being come from the person. And I think that that augmentative side, just to create a better overall product and to do it so much faster. I mean, you think how many times you stare at the screen or you try to say, how do I do this in Excel or how do I find that? What's that formula and stuff and be able to just put that in there and just have it do it, I think is a uh, huge time saving um, from that side. Probably cut down on my Google searches by about 10,000 a day if I just <laughs> type that stuff in there. So, you know, I'm I'm super excited about that that side of it. Todd, what do you think? Um, well, I, I think a lot. I, I, the, to answer the question, is it replacing worker today? I would say no, it, it's not there. Could it? Yes. I mean, it, and you can see it. I, I guess I can back up a little bit further. Um, you know, you kind of said, why is it relevant? And and Kyle really nailed it, right? It's It's everywhere. It is basically part of our lives today where you're seeing it constantly hitting you and the reality is is most people are probably using it in some shape manner or form anyway whether you're doing google searches or whatever it's a maybe a much lighter version of it um but then yeah is it going to replace workers probably not yet but i can certainly look at the tool set and say yeah i can see where it's going i can see how it would you know self-driving cars right we're, we're putting so much time and effort into that does that technically have the possibility of replacing a taxi driver it sure does um so it could at some point but i'm not sure we're 100 percent there yet um i did want to kind of mix in a quote too uh while we're chatting i there was a couple of them that i thought were kind of interesting as i was thinking about the topic and one of them it says and i kind of thought this one went really really well is it replacing the workers and uh this is from tom preston werner you're either the one creating the automation or you're the one that's being automated uh so Let's talk more. Oh, we lost Kyle. It's got to be, we're going to blame teams or maybe it's the AI. They don't really want us to talk about it. I don't know what the heck's going on today. Right. That's definitely what happened. Yeah, I, is that the AI oh, said man. And they were like, they're talking about me. Mm, nope. <laughs> yeah, teams literally just kicked me right out. It's just like, rolls right up and kicked me out. So, yeah, we'll blame the AI listening. And I guess they didn't want us talking about it. Can we be sure this is actually Kyle and and not like a Max Headroom kind of replacement? The world that came back in. <laughs> <laughs> we did Let's start a podcast on on deep fake, so that we have one of those out there. We might have to ring um ring that back in. But I did want to say though too, Kyle had brought up Adobe. Um, so the marketing team did attend Adobe Summit that was last week and. Obviously, the Firefly is, you know, the the newest and latest tool that they have in beta. But a lot of the sessions were talking about how this AI is not looking to replace the creativity that the artists do have. And I think that was very poignant to have those conversations, because if you looked at some of the chat, they're like, well, there goes my job. You know, I'm, I've lost all of the credibility of me as an artist. And I think that's very valid of conversation like we've been talking about. It's just really to enhance a lot of that creativity and take it to that next level, which is really nice, too. But um, we also had some note that like spell check at the basic level is a form of AI. And all of us typically have been using some form of spell check. Kyle, you'd mentioned um, AI. So. There's a lot of just basic forms out there, too, but it's it's building upon them. Yeah, I, I think you could raise a good point. It is kind of interesting when people are concerned about the creative side. It's To me, it's actually one of the areas that I think is incredibly difficult for AI to replace. 
the things that I, I would expect it to be able to replace are the things that are very repetitive. Um, and and you actually can see this today right now. This is probably an, an incredibly rudimentary version of it. But if you look at like a drum machine or some of the sampling tools, they're all really kind of designed to do that automation for you of kind of creating something already. But it didn't replace music, even having those types of tools in place. The musicians are still there. They're still the ones that are creating even in the Adobe stuff, I think it's going to be the same thing. Writers, editors, those people that are the creative pieces, I don't see it being able to ever replace that. But, I mean, I think it can mimic, but it won't be able to replace. It's a lot to create, create a lot more, a lot faster. You know, so I think the time to design and, and, and to create, like I said, just be able to, ver- you know, to type something in or verbalize it and have it generated the uh, the eye of the creator though of what that is and telling it what it is that you need is still a creative aspect you know it isn't deciding that on its own nor for someone like me for example even know what to ask the product to create from a creative side of it I mean I don't even have that creative mindset to even know what to ask or to tell it what to blend or what light would look good shoot I'm colorblind I can't even tell you what color something is anyway <laughs> so it's like there's a um, there's there's a there's just a lot that I think it would be strongly augmentative. There's areas where I think again, similarly like code development, you see very efficiency gains on the code development and script writing and those things. But again, th- those are a little bit to what Todd was saying. You know, very strong repetitive tasks. I mean, the time to type in a code sequence side of that to have the AI actually generate that and eliminate mistakes, but it doesn't take away from the person that's saying this is the code this is what i need the code to do and this is what i want it to do i mean the ai isn't taking that leap there's a pretty good gap there you know of of where it's coming in um you know kind of potentially fill in more and more sure but I, I i see a lot more efficiencies and a lot more momentum on on the same intelligent people actually being able to create more content and create it faster so you can certainly see i think the evolving speed of development and speed of creation and those things is going to exponentially increase through all these sides on it. Yeah, I mean, to me, especially where we're at today with with um, AI is that's exactly where the rubber hits the road. I know there's probably this general concern of what does it look like? What does it do to people? But technology has been changing forever. And I'm going to mix in another quote because I get to. Um, knowledge is different from other resources. It makes itself constantly obsolete so that today's advanced knowledge is tomorrow's ignorance. Um, I know that's a lot. I'm sorry, I should give credit to who that is. That's Peter Drucker. Um, but if you look at how things have adapted throughout the years, a lot of the things that we were doing, making cars, was all done by hand. Now we've got robots helping in. Um, the way that we used to do farming or picking cotton or how we did weaving, all of that stuff was all by hand, and we found ways to be more efficient at it. These tools are doing the same thing. The same concepts are still there. Um, you know, a lot of people are incredibly busy day in and day out. And when you can use a tool like this, like how Kyle was mentioning in Copilot, and I know it's a little early still because they haven't gotten too terribly far into the the, the details yet, they being Microsoft. You don't know exactly what it is, but you can use ChatGPT. It's out there. It's easy to find. It's easy to, to use. And you can see how quickly that can get you a framework of something. You know, I want to do a podcast about AI. You could probably get that out within a couple of seconds and now I've got a framework of something that I can potentially start talking about. 
that is incredibly helpful. You don't have to go, God, I don't know, where do I want to say, where do I want to go, what would be pertinent, what wouldn't. It would give you enough to start from so you're not starting from scratch. It's a little bit of a playbook, if you will. Those kinds of things are incredibly powerful, especially for those that are busy day in and day out. I mean, if you're putting in over eight hours a day working, which I'm guessing a lot of people have ever since COVID because it's convenient to be at home, um, that can be incredibly powerful for you and allow you to get more done or allow you to do a little bit more of the life-work balance. So I, I, I think there's a lot of benefits coming from it. Yeah, I think it, I think it's I, I'm with I'm with you on that. I see a lot more excitement around it. Um, again, I, I Elon Musk I'm sure has and there reasons for concern on on some of these things where you want to be you know cognitive of how quickly you release these things as to how much power and autonomy it actually receives. You know, because you can run into the impression that it just because it's appears capable of doing a job that it shouldn't be, you know, kept under some kind of kill switch. <laughs> you know, we don't need a Terminator, Terminator situation, you know, as always what you're kind of, um, you know, kind of holding off to. You don't want it to get that that the uh, topic of uh, becoming sentient, sentient. Yeah, there yeah. I got it right. Um, I know that that came out with one of Google's AI out of one of their labs, one of their. Um, and I apologize, I don't remember the exact name, but they had one of their engineers that had claimed that their AI became self-aware and actually, you know, was saying some things that were appeared to be like it knew its existence was in was in danger and those things and something to that ex- extent. And you know, those those are that those kind of stories are a little, uh, you know, make people uneasy, right? You know, for good reason. <laughs> Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, too. I think there was a um, I think Facebook's AI was creating its own language. Right. So there was a couple of AIs that were trying to communicate with each other and they said, and they stopped that. <laughs> they had to turn it off. But, but there are there are reasons to pump the brakes. I agree. But there is a lot of positivity in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, from what I've read through, I think, I think Elon Musk saying the same thing is kind of saying, you know, it, it's not in a complete abandonment, but you got to you know, we got to. We got to slow the roll here um, and, and make sure we, we're doing full analysis of how we're establishing the the guideposts on this because it is capable that it could potentially, you know, go too far. Um, but if you get into the overall workforce side of it, there will be certainly, I think, you know, certain jobs as it always is with technology side of there, there'll be some jobs replaced and there'll be net new ones created because of it, you know, so. It, it's it's usually not um you know the jobs just disappear forever it's just new ones created there's new markets there's new capabilities like i said with the the amount of product and creativity and other things that it can create can generate a lot of net new opportunities for everybody side of those whether it's new businesses new sales there's going to be i think still a strong personal relationship sales service-based economy which is where our economy's continuously been driving towards um, you know, Elon Musk again is another good example where he's been strongly promoting automation in a lot of areas where it should be automated. You know, he talks about his factories being robots that build other robots, you know, um, and that's kind of what he wants his uh, factories to evolve into. But even in those cases, he's found that when they build the uh, Tesla cars, for example, that where the robotic arms are at, they can't take the the cables and wind them through, you know, the bends in the other areas. They can just place them into straight conduits. So 
they've revamped the factories and made and eliminated as much of the cable as possible to to eliminate to allow for the increased automation but again the ai couldn't make that jump itself the robots couldn't evolve into that currently yet, yet. now he's building yet. the tesla robot i think to kind of address some of those things but again even with his robot and the ai side of it you know what what's being um the use case on those are dangerous jobs you know the you know cleaning the windows on a skyscraper the going up and replacing a power line up on a high pole you know those things where there's you know significant risk of loss of life going into a forest fire to help put out you know the forest fires and those things where there's significant risk of harm to a, to to a human you know so those those types of things are where you know he's advocating for um, you know the strong use cases for those for those robots. So, you know, again, I think it's 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 got to be managed. It's probably going to take some of the regulatory body and some form and some consensus on this side to to help keep it in check. But it's going to be fun to watch. I think I, I I do see far more positives than negatives though, as far as where it goes and with what's coming out in the software capabilities and just the productivity gains. I think will be very strong. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so so getting back to kind of the the topic at hand, um, some of the questions are what could it replace, and and the things that that go right to the top of the list for me are those things that are very heavy research based. You know, think of what you use Google for. The tools are going to be designed exactly for that, especially in the beginning. So uh, I'm not saying that hey, if you're in this line of business, you should be nervous. But things like paralegals, potentially something like a radiologist, those people that are digging in through and mining tons and tons of data, those things would be where I would see the the biggest impact. Um, now, does that mean that they're going to be able to analyze the data and do something with them? Probably not yet, but maybe somewhere in the future. Things they can't do. I mean, if I'm doing gross generalizations, hand-eye coordination kind of things, the creative stuff that we talked about. So, you know, as Kyle was kind of getting into the Adobe stuff, he was talking about that too. I still think your artists are still going to be fine. They're still going to be able to create writers, et cetera. Um, and then um, there's always the human piece too. So the whole empathy part, if you've got that, AI does not currently have that, although there's conversations about the bias of how we've trained them, that they've got all kinds of biases as well. Um, but then it doesn't also know how to deal with the unknowns, which I think Kyle also kind of alluded to is, um, I think he mentioned it on himself is I don't even know what to tell the thing to do, but, but the unknowns, it doesn't know how to deal with. Right. And so when you're being creative or you're working through problems or something along those lines, the AI is just simply not capable of dealing with those kinds of things. So that would be a good management layer as an example. Um, there are other things that are fantastic for too. We, we actually use one of our security tools has got a heavy AI component to it. And it is again, able to dig through massive piles of data and come back with, hey, this isn't normal behavior. You should do something about that. Incredibly powerful for those kinds of things. I did yeah, want to I, bring it up um, in discussion here. We, Kyle, you mentioned a little bit about the governance. I know a lot of this is so new, but like there's not a lot of policies behind it or like the best practice. Cause I think too, everybody's like, it's so bad for you. You have to be very careful of like what you're putting into this tool. Cause it's going to know. So I wanted to kind of bring that into the conversation a little bit of like, how do you set those? And do you dictate by departments of like what information you can put in versus you can't put in? Um, for any type of organization 
Yeah, those are going to be unique, I think, changes to the IT policies. It's a good point. I mean, it's going to be another thing that's going to have to be addressed in a corporate setting side as to the use cases and allow cases for for AI, especially in forums like chat GPT and those things where, you know, that's data that's essentially leaving your network side of that. And it's obviously continuously harving, harvesting and learning from those data sets and should you, you know, the potentially of sensitive corporate data that's being shared into these public AI spaces is going to have to be probably, you know, certainly regulated and and updated into um, IT use policies, as well as I'm sure you're going to have a lot of governments and those things just completely ban the use of it altogether, just because it could certainly be, you know, potentially leveraged by uh, an unfriendly country, for example. Um, so there's there, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of conversations that are going to have to be had for sure on all levels to to um, handle the use of where it applies, where it doesn't, and where the data is being stored, et cetera. Yeah, I, I'm I'm semi mildly concerned, mildly terrified. I don't know which one of those I am yet. I'm somewhere on that scale um, of of how this looks. Right, I mean, the the co-pilot information has been a little scarce so far. But some of the things they're alluding to is it has the ability to mine a variety of different things, conversations, phone calls, videos, uh, emails, things that you've developed. And it has the ability to kind of summarize all that information. And what does that mean is it means it's monitoring everything, right? Um, So again, wow, that's a little scary when it comes to privacy. You're going to have a lot more in-person meetings all of a sudden, I think. But um, when it comes to compliance, technology has often been well ahead of government and compliance and and that there's a big catch up on it. Those automatically apply. So Microsoft, Google, all of these organizations have been complying with them for years and decades and they get fined when they're not. So some of those pieces already in place, but um, it is still going faster than that. That I was going to say that group or those groups are currently responding to. Yeah, I think just from there, there was like your larger group sides, the Microsofts and Steve Wozniak and Facebook and those sides. They've had just a general forum on this where they've kind of done their own essentially governance and self-governance, <laughs> self-governance around, you know, the capabilities of the AI. But again, that's a very small sampling side, and that doesn't take into account anything that's going on in China or Russia or any other country that potentially is developing their own technology capabilities around it. Um, so, so it's going to be interesting because um, you know there's going to be other. That's we're talking a lot of just about U.S.-based side of it, but as it gets outside the United States, obviously it's going to have a lot of other plays as well as that. Uh, it evolves and different capabilities get launched outside our our area of regulatory governance anyway. 100%. As we get to like the last five minutes here, I wanted to kind of put the question out there too that we've semi alluded to, maybe on a semi happier note of right, we've said that this doesn't replace workers, but that there may be new skills to learn with these, that that's what we've seen even just in the marketing side is that that means that you need to learn correct props for chat GPT. And right, that's all of the Instagram reels and I now get targeted with this, hey, here's this thing that you should be able to put into it. Or, hey, how do you know that all these new 200 generative AI tools are suddenly released and you could use them? How do you then future-proof your workforce for going? How do you maybe prioritize training that? How do you skill up so that if you're somebody going, 
is my job going to be replaced because it's going to sort through data for me, but maybe I'm the person that analyzes it? What does that look like? I think that's gonna that's a tough question. I mean, because I don't know if I have all you know, it's still so evolving is the biggest challenge there. You don't know what you don't know right now as it goes through. Um I I, I do think it's going to break down as to just efficient use of another tool to do your job, you know, more or less. You're gonna find those like like you have with your Firefly application, you're looking at and those things, you're gonna identify identitive or I'm sorry, beneficial tools that really benefit the position and the ability to do the job more efficiently and just ad uh, adapt those into your work, um, your daily work habit sides. It's just another tool in the bag, so to speak. You know, it's another way to get the job done. So you're finding a more efficient tool to get things done versus a manual process of either combination of Googling to say, how do I do this? And then are watching a YouTube video to kind of say it to something that'll actually just do it for you and kind of eliminate the Google, YouTube, do it manually process that we all do today to just have it done with a voice command and and lead you through it. That's that's kind of how I see the next phase of this going as it's kind of just adapting and streamlining that part of the process side of it. I would venture uh, eventually some of those self-help things in YouTube might eventually just drop down a little bit because <laughs> the AI is able to do it for you. You won't need as many of those things, but still need that help around fix stuff around the house on those YouTube videos. But some of the online, you know, how do you do this in Adobe and all those other things could probably certainly be reduced. They're just going to be replaced by what prompt do I need to ask my AI in order to get it <laughs> yeah, to do that? Yeah, there you go. What's the, what's the best way to ask AI to do this? Not um, swearing at your AI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I think my my two cents on on how it's going to evolve is we'll have to see, but but I, I think capitalism will definitely take over, right? So the 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 market will show us the way for all lack of a better term. But we've gone through that for a variety of different things too, as things continue to evolve. Cybersecurity was the same way as when in, when things really started to get a little nuts, schools weren't prepared for that. So there, when you get into the training component of it, it was lagging a good three to five years behind what the market was doing. So, you know, you were seeing people in the industry already able to respond to some of the concerns, but then we're going, well, there's not enough people and how can we train them as fast as we possibly can? It took a while. And, and I would anticipate that's going to happen here too, is we'll still under, understand it better. We'll see where it's going. We're going to see how people are adapting to it. And then the training for businesses will, will follow shortly thereafter. I did want to say too, just from the marketing side with the the AI being so much out there relevancy of on our social media pages, but a lot of the webinars are starting to shift to, these are the general prompts that you should be using to do X, Y, and Z. So it's kind of been fun on our end to get out there and use the tools, but we've been very selective in what information that we're putting in just to ensure that we're not doing anything bad and have Kyle and Todd come back and yell at us. So, um, but a lot of, a lot of fun things too, just, you know, the creative people that we like here in the marketing department, the three of us that we're, we're super excited for the benefits um, for this. So any other closing remarks before we wrap up our today's podcast? We clearly have not learned anything from sci-fi movies and Hollywood. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think it's uh, it's exciting times though. This is the definitely um, you know the, the the start of something very powerful being um, being released side with it, and it's uh, 
it's it's going to be um i think exciting fun and and interesting to watch as this uh continues to evolve through there you know i've been doing this over 30 years side if you kind of see these these points time it's always easier to look back and identify them as it goes through kind of the start of the internet and when that was rising these kind of things i mean this is definitely a turning point in in technology that's really going forward so it's um it's going to be an interesting thing to uh, observe and watch but uh i'll take the half full approach side with it that i think there's uh, going to be a lot of good things coming out of it you know and um there'll be challenges like any other technology shift um to be sure but i think um if uh if managed properly side of it i think there'll be a lot of good to come out of it so i will take that approach <laughs> awesome well thank you guys um for today's podcast we talked about ai is it replacing workers and we had kyle todd ariel kelsey and tara um, today but wanted to let you guys know too if going out to find our podcast you can go to cit-net.com backslash podcast to see this one and then all of our other ones. And as always, we love to get some feedback from our audience. So please email us at info at cit-net.com as we would love to hear from you of any potential podcast ideas that you may have. But once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks everyone.